You're listening to the Side Hustle Gal podcast with your hosts, Danny Fountain and Caitlin Allen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Gal podcast. Today, we have Haley Dale here today. I'm so excited. We've been following each other on the internet for what feels like years. It has been years. It has been years. Um, and we're just gonna we're just gonna dive right in. So, to be on the podcast, you have to have a side hustle. So, hit us. What's your side yeah. hustle? What's going on? Are you still side hustling? Tell us. <laughs> I am not side hustling anymore, but it started as that. And I side hustled for about two years, maybe two and a half years after I um, after I started my business. And I could not be more grateful for that side hustling time. Amazing. And what is it that you do? I mean, I know, but the audience needs to know <laughs> what, what it is that you do. Yeah, my business is called Your Content Empire, and I'm a content strategist for largely um, online business owners, and I help them create their sales funnels as well as get their content strategies under control without running their lives, without ruining their lives and taking over. That is so needed. I feel like people are very good at doing their own thing and they're very good at like doing the things that they do well, but the content piece never works. I mean, unless you're Brittany Berger, I feel like you and Brittany <laughs> Berger have the corner on the content side of the market. I love it. Well, I think especially when you have a side hustle, right? You're starting it, you have so limited time to begin with. And so you want to be spending that time on things that you enjoy. And so content can be one of these things get to, that can like expand to take over every area of every spare minute that you have left. And it can be very hard to juggle um, side hustling time spent passionately on things you love and creating content. Speaking of, so when you're side hustling, you have only a limited amount of time in the day to run your business, whether it's because you have a full-time job or because you're a mom or because you have some other reason you're a caretaker for someone else. You, your abilities are such that you can only work so often. How do you decide what content to prioritize creating? So I think that largely it has to be self-directed. I think there are so, I think so many of us want to put content in the box and think that it only refers to blogs and specifically written blogs. Um, I think we try to put enough people and things and activities into boxes. Let's stop that. And <laughs> everything you put out there. It's all the messages that you create. And so I think key is like finding a type of content that you really enjoy creating and something that doesn't feel like work because you have enough of that on your plate already. Um, so find a content style that you enjoy doing. Um, find a content style that feels like play and feels like exploration and feels like getting to know your craft better. Um, and I think that's key to finding balance when you do have so limited time to begin with, whatever the reason, whether you have a full-time job or whether you're a mom or whatever reason why you're side hustling. So can you give us some content examples um, outside of like blog posts? Um, what are some examples that you would see uh, people side hustling do? Yeah. So I think content, do you mean like types of content that they might create? Yeah. 
So I think it can refer to podcasts just like this one, right? Um, I think that it can also refer to videos. I think that there is like this huge, um, there's a lot of people I know who are doing lives and they're turning it into content, just making sure they have good audio, of course. Um, and then, you know, having a workflow behind that where they can automate their content workflows a little bit more rather than feeling like they're creating everything from scratch every time. So a lot of my clients, they come to me to create their systems, um, especially their content systems. And so, you know, usually they are people who are so passionate and so knowledgeable what they do. You just kind of like ask them a question and they can talk for hours on it. And so it's just a matter of like, how can we capture that? So everything you say, there's somebody capturing what you're saying. And then maybe you send it to be transcribed. Maybe you put it on YouTube. Maybe you put it on social media. Um, but we're taking that larger piece of content and we're putting it in different formats so that people can consume it in different ways. So on your end, it like maybe is like 10 or 15 minutes of your time, but with the system end, you're like, you know, you're compounding, the, the interest is compounding on the, on the return on investment that you're getting from that initial 15 minute investment, hopefully. So and what happens, sorry, Caitlin, for someone like me who started a side hustle and started creating content and fell into the trap of you have to be on every platform. How do you gracefully, but like strategically sunset different channels that aren't providing any kind of ROI for you? Yeah, I did that recently to Twitter and even somebody who knows this, like, make sure you're looking at the numbers and you just got to chase the numbers. What are the numbers telling you, especially that magic little tab in Google analytics called acquisition. So where is your traffic coming from? So if you're spending a ton of time on Instagram and Instagram is probably not a great example because they don't have that click through feature. So it's building in different ways, but something like Twitter, right? Like it's something that maybe isn't driving a ton of traffic or something that you're spending a lot of time on. Um, and if it isn't having the ROI for you, I mean, why would you spend time there? And so I think I think it's just a matter of like making a decision to leave it behind and focus on the channels that are giving you a lot of return on your investment. For me, that's something like Pinterest, right? So I spend an hour a month um, pinning other people's content and then five minutes a week pinning my content and tailwind and it drives 75% of my traffic. And that's like a no brainer for me in terms of it, you know, impact versus investment of time. So what ways are you teaching people to look at their analytics and really figuring out that ROI? Because you saying acquisitions in Google Analytics, Danny and I know what you're talking about, but that can sound really scary to somebody who might not have a pixel code on their website or the Google Analytics tag in their, in their website. Yeah. So a lot of people come to me and they're like, analytics who? Like, what are you talking about? Um, yeah. So I get that. And I think the first, I think there can be, especially if you have been side hustling a while, I mean, I think there's enough shame going around and you can feel like, oh my gosh, I haven't been tracking this. I'm a terrible business owner. And I think you have to leave that behind. And maybe as soon as you become aware of Google Analytics, as soon as you become aware of its importance, especially in tracking, like, how do I spend the limited time that I have available and where do I put that time? Um, you know, I think the first month or the first month that you become aware of it, it's just about setting benchmarks, educating yourself, making sure you have that plugin. If you're using WordPress can be fairly straightforward or putting in that little UA code. Um, I feel like there are so many how to's on that. In fact, I have a blog post, um, about getting started with Google analytics. Um, and that first month is not about, I need to have all the numbers now. It's more about like, let me get, 
it set up properly so I can start collecting those numbers moving forward without guilting myself that I haven't done it already. I think that's so important, especially with the limited time that we have, just being really intentional. Yes. Speaking of intentionality, um, pivoting to the personal side of things, when you, two-part question, when you were side hustling, what was your definition of balance? Because I think everyone's is different. And what made you decide to go full-time? Yeah, so I feel like I am probably a horrible example of this, but I'm going to keep it real. My definition, I don't, I don't really know what my hobbies are outside of business. And it wasn't until I became full time that I really started to explore what that means. Um, really in, intentionally this year, I just finished writing a blog post that I'm scheduling for next week, all about like, who am I outside of business? But I think especially when I was side hustling, my business was my hobby. And I don't think that's the healthiest approach um, to go about it. Um, if I could go back, I would probably put some boundaries up. I probably would have been like, what you kind of alluded to, Danny, is like, how do I sunset certain channels, feeling like I have to be everywhere, and like, I can teach it, but I wasn't exactly walking my talk, I felt like I had to be everywhere, Um, so I think balance is up to you to define, I wasn't the healthiest example of that, my hobby was my business, I probably worked, I would work eight hours at my corporate job, and then I would come home and work another five or six hours, and always the weekend. Like, it wasn't really until I would probably take off, like, three weekends a year. So not exactly the healthiest example of that, and hopefully other people can be better examples of that. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't trade. Even knowing that, even looking back on that, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade my time side hustling for anything. Um, when I decided to go full-time was when I realized the limitations of having three weeks of vacation a year. And I started to get invited to speak at more conferences. I started to get invited to more events. I started having all these opportunities and my meetings. And I was started, like, the meetings that I was taking in the middle of the day in like my lunch hour just (laughs) wasn't cutting it anymore for the amount of meetings I was starting to have. And so it just became a practical decision. I think I had listened to the book, um, playing big by Tara Moore, and I hadn't planned on putting my, I dreamed about going full time in my business, um, just because these issues were starting to come up. Uh, but I didn't plan on doing it for another year, year and a half. I didn't even think it was practical. And then I finished listening to that book on my commute, um, every morning and I put in my notice the next day. It was just, it was that cut or dry. I didn't think my husband was going to support it. But when I told him, he was like, okay, you're going to make it work. I know you can, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I did not plan on going full time as early as I did. I listened to playing big by Tara Moore. Um, my husband's like, I should probably hate that book. Shouldn't I? Your your cushy government job. Um, but yeah, there's been no moments of regret since I gave him my notice either. So what, when you did make that transition, what really surprised you about entrepreneurship and really, um, like finding your community because there's that huge difference between going to a job and sitting at your job and your desk and being around people to sitting at home alone <laughs> for hours on end working on your computer. So um, I guess what mistakes did you make and then how did you find a community? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like this little room started to feel like a little bit of a jail cell. Right. <laughs> um, I think, I think the biggest thing for me and what I was most nervous about, it wasn't about making ends meet. It wasn't about contributing or making or replacing my salary at all, which is funny because I made a really good income before. And it was, I definitely wasn't making that amount at first, um, especially because I'd been working so long with a side hustle and like my business income felt like bonus money, monopoly money to play with. Um, but what I was extremely worried about when I went full time was how was I going to work? How was I going to be as productive as I was when I had a side hustle? I think that people with side hustles, we work with constraints, right? We know we there's a there's a hard limit on the amount of work that we can do and so we're naturally more discerning in how we spend our time and without that job I was worried I was going to turn into somebody who could never get anything done I was worried I would never complete my projects on time because there would be no urgency there would no be no discernment or no limitations to it felt like a kid in a candy store I could do everything so I think my biggest mistake I think for about a year. <laughs> I went on like all the course binges and I would sign up for everything because I felt like I had all the time in the world to do these things now. Um, and in hindsight, I was looking for an answer outside of myself, which probably could have been more self-directed in terms of strategy and knowing where to grow my business. So I've got to ask, having been someone who has done the side hustle and done the full-time thing, I can distinctly remember about a month into being full-time there was this week where like three or four days that week I watched 12 hours of Netflix instead of working mm -hmm. like did you have a moment do you still have moments where literally anything is more appealing than work Oh gosh, yes. I <laughs> I think I've come back. Like it's really been this year. I think I've been I've been full time since for about two two or three years. Um, I remember the exact day because I was going on a conference, and that was my last day, and it was my first like in person retreat. And even even now, when I don't practice put in those constraints, because you know naturally we have the like naturally you have them as a side hustler, and without them you kind of go buck wild and you become your worst enemy. You're spending all day chained to your desk, um, and then when I don't practice those constraints, um, I fall into these habits where it is. Gilmore Girls binges and RuPaul Drag Race binges where I literally do not leave the couch. And I usually, I, I satisfy my Netflix binging because I usually, I don't like the quiet. So I usually have like RuPaul somewhere in the background um, <laughs> playing. Um, and yeah, I keep my, I create my own friends um, now that I'm alone in my office. <laughs> Well, so now we're going to transition a little bit and get into a really fun question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how weird do you feel like you are? Oh, gosh. Probably, uh, probably 8. <laughs> I love this question because everyone answers, like, north of 7. I don't think we've had, like, a 5, a 6, a 4. Um, I think it's just like part of entrepreneurship. Why, why do you say eight? Oh, I think, I think eight, because I don't think that this is the traditional path. Um, I am surrounded. 
I am surrounded by other people who follow traditional paths. And, you know, I'm somebody who I still have to fight the urge to go back and get my MBA because I'm addicted to education. I just like it. My husband has this PhD. And so I'm surrounded by people with these really traditional careers. And I feel like I've gone off the beaten path. Um, and I feel like I, I'm, I'm just a weirdo anyways. I have trouble. I, I very, <laughs> I have, I have friends, I promise, but I have, I'm an introvert and I'd rather have a few closer friends than a ton of um, semi-friends. So on a, on a similar vein to that, you said that entrepreneurship is the weird path. How do you, so your husband and my boyfriend and all of those people who have like traditional jobs leave for work in the morning, do their job, mm -hmm. come home from work and it's like recess, right? Like you're in school and then you're at recess. How, A, when you were a side hustler, and B, now, how did you close the door? Like, your little room, your jail cell, how do you close the door? Close the door to him having his recess time? No, close the, like, they can <laughs> I'll have close the office time. door. <laughs> how do you, like, close your office door, go watch TV? Um, so we talked about doing it too much, but then also I think there are seasons where we don't do it enough. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's some, I think there's seasons for everything. I think it's just accepting that there's going to be some times when you are working like crazy and there are going to be some times where you can really, really walk away. Um, I kind of talked about it earlier about, you know, really questioning this year, who am I outside of my business? And I think a lot of that was left over from the time that I was side hustling because my, my business was my hobby. My, my business really did fill my free time. And so now that I have that free time back, how do I start to define that? How do I start to define myself outside of business? Um, you know, and, and accepting that there's seasons for everything, you know, I think it's, I think it just takes discipline. I think it just takes exactly what you said, slamming that door. It's like in Home Alone when there's like that furnace in the basement that's like my computer glaring at me from my office. But um, yeah, it's just a matter of closing that door and not letting it uh, stare you down, I guess. No, that totally makes sense. Uh, so I think we're going to wrap it up here and close the door. Uh, <laughs> so. I'm so terrible. <laughs> Get all awkward right here. Um, Haley, where can we find you on social? Yeah, so you can find me over at Your Content Empire on Instagram um, as well. That's my website as well, yourcontentempire.com. And also, everyone has a freebie, and I love that everyone has a freebie. Um, if you had to tell folks to go find one freebie that you have, what would it be? Yeah, so I think especially for my side hustling folks, um, I have a webinar that's going to help you get your content under control and get it autopiloted. Um, I think that we try to create too much content and try to be on this endless hamster wheel of content when really as side hustlers, you can probably do something better with that time. And so I have a masterclass called the Content Quit Plan, how the smartest entrepreneurs are quitting content and increasing sales at the same time, which was pretty much tailor-made for side hustling. Yes. Um, so I can, 
I'll send you the link so that you have yeah, it. We'll have it in the show notes for those folks that are listening. Amazing. Yes. Haley, thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited that I got to meet you. I've been following you. Your brand is gorgeous. I see you all over Pinterest. Everybody go check her out. Love letter to Haley. It's amazing. <laughs>